Hello there Dr Ravi this is Nadia from zenonco.io and it is an honor to have you with us today on today's knowledge sharing session doctor to introduce zenonco.io and love heals cancer we guide cancer patients in their treatment journey with an integrative oncological treatment approach and in today's session it's going to be all about spreading that awareness and educating cancer patients all around Let me take this opportunity to introduce Dr. Ravi Raj here. Doctor is one who is a specialized surgical oncologist and has a number of medical services to offer. He is an oncosurgeon, throat when it comes to throat cancer, breast cancer treatment are his subspecialties. Apart from breast cancer treatment, he also does the mammoplasty, reconstruction of new artificial breasts and other cosmetic surgeries when it comes to breast cancer doctor has also been nominated for the guinness book of world records for a non stop of 101 hours of cancer surgeries doctor it is an honor let me introduce here for you to be with us today please over to you thank you very much uh, nadia for the such a nice introduction uh, can we proceed with the uh, q&a session definitely definitely we can't wait to hear your insights doctor your knowledge on the subject and especially when it comes to um, breast cancer with october being the breast cancer awareness month my first question would would be to you is to enlighten us on breast cancers and their procedures of the treatment when it comes to breast conservation uh, and breast reconstruction cancer is basically uh, breast cancer is basically uh, presenting itself as a lump in a breast usually I mean, most of the time many a times uh, the first station of spread of breast cancer is in the axilla there is armpit so many a times if the breast is bulky patient may not feel the lump in the breast and instead she may feel some nodule in the armpit uh, that is also one of the presentation it is one of the hormone dependent cancer and uh, usually found in the middle and the later half of the age of the uh, females uh, it is basically i mean it is very much obvious that people will think that it is common in uh, females only but uh, breast cancers occur even in males also uh, though the percentage is very low uh, it is the ratio is 100 is to 1 but still it is possible in uh, males as well uh, about the treatment uh, majority of the breast cancer primarily are treated by surgery uh, surgery usually in the form of breast conservation or wall of the breast right doctor you were saying yeah uh, basically about the treatment the primarily breast breast cancer is treated with surgery it is usually the multimodality therapy the surgery chemotherapy and radiation usually the uh, sequencing is different in different stage of cancer say for example in a very early stage breast cancer uh, the surgery is the primary modality of the treatment in stage 1 and stage 2 usually majority of the time we are able to conserve the breast that is what we call as breast conservation surgery when the, the tumor is multiple i mean in different quadrants of the breast there are multicentric tumors in such cases we cannot preserve the breast and in such cases we have to remove the complete breast or if the a uh, tumor is such a large locally that there is no uh, breast volume left after removal of the lump 
in such cases also we remove the complete breast and then reconstruct the breast so it is reconstruction is a kind of cosmetic outcome but for the treatment on the oncological principles for the treatment of cancer itself what is required is removal of the lump as well as the removal of the lymph nodes in the axilla that is armpit right uh, then depending on the further staging and further pathological parameters the patients will be given either chemotherapy or radiotherapy or hormone therapy or all of them that all depends on the different pathological parameters right doctor right so you're saying that each each patient has their own conditions that are according to that with which the doctor will prescribe a proper treatment plan for them yes 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 yeah what what it is, is it yeah you cannot generalize the treatment for all the patients it is usually uh, patient to patient individualistic approach has to be taken right when it comes to mammoplasties could you elaborate more on mammoplasties doctor uh, mammoplasty basically is a term used when uh, a breast uh, size shape or anything of uh, the cosmetic part of the breast is to be improved whether the either it is a nipple shape or the areola shape or the whole breast shape or as well as the size uh, but in oncology what we call it is oncoplasty where in Uh, there is definite loss of volume because of removal of the tumor and along with that tumor there is a little volume of normal breast tissue is also removed so there is always a loss of uh, breast tissue in such cases uh, we have to reconstruct the breast in different format that is what we call as oncoplastic process mammoplasties in general are done for cosmetic purposes without cancer also say for example somebody is having a small breast and cosmetically want to have a large volume breast right they can have a prosthesis inside or they can have some fat injected inside or they can have some plastic surgery procedures to increase the size of breast at the same time somebody is having very bulky breast and want to re- reduce the volume of the breast that is also known as mammoplasty but what we do in oncology means after a ha- patient having cancer and having lost some volume of the breast uh then the reconstruction is known as oncoplastic pr- uh, breast con- uh, procedures and in this procedures it depend on the how much volume is lost suppose the volume is less than 1/3 of the breast volume usually local tissues are mobilized there are different uh, procedures named after the uh, doctors or the scientists who have basically invented that technique there are different procedures to develop that thing and we reconstruct the volume Uh, if the uh, volume loss is more than one third of the breast volume, in that case we have to add some of the autologous tissue, means from the patient's body itself. Usually, what we call as some there is a, a muscle, is a robust muscle on the back with what is called as latissimus dorsi, right? And the fat over the muscle is used. That is what we call as uh, latissimus dorsi flap. So latissimus dorsi flap is also used to augment. and the breast volume after the loss because of the cancer surgery right and uh, even the complete removal of breast what we call as mastectomy right for that reconstruction also there are different uh, plastic surgery procedures diep flap and tram flap there are uh, numerous options for such patients and in such cases we have we many a times we have to adjust the volume suppose the tram is a kind of or diip is a kind of flap taken from the lower part of the abdomen right so if the fat uh, if the patient is thin lean and uh, there is not much no, there is not much fat on the lower part of the abdomen of that patient and in that cases uh, even after the tram flap the breast volume of the reconstructed side is less 
in that case we have to reduce the opposite breast also to have an identical look all these procedures collectively are known as oncoplastic breast procedures uh, nadia i am not able to listen to you hello can you hear me sir now can yes, you hear me i was able to see you yes i was able to see you but i now i can hear you Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that, doctor. Um, coming to head and neck cancers, doctor. Head and neck cancers. Could you throw some light on the head and neck cancers and their symptoms and how they can be treated? Yes, head and neck cancers are basically head and neck is a very large area, and there are number of organs within that. Uh, largely in India, majority of the head and neck cancers are because of the chewing tobacco as compared to the western world in india the tobacco form consumed is in the chewing form in the western world visually the smoking is more prevalent than the chewing in india uh, and rather the indian subcontinent india bangladesh uh, pakistan all those countries also are having habit of chewing tobacco more so oral cancer among the head and neck oral ca oral cavity cancers are more common in india another variety of head and neck cancer is something known as pharynx which is the part of throat where the oral cavity ends and the uh, neck uh, throat starts that is what we call as pharynx and the voice box that is known as larynx these are also having common cancer usually laryngeal cancers are associated more with smoking because larynx is majorly a part of air passage it's a respiratory passage whereas uh, pharynx and oral oropharyngeal cancer and uh, oral cavity cancer these are more common with the patients who are having habit of chewing tobacco right uh, so there are another cancers also i am not i am purposefully skipping because say for example a thyroid gland it is also situated in neck only but uh, that is not related to all this uh, it is having a different this is what we call as endocrine system cancer so i am uh, purposefully avoiding thyroid and uh, salivary gland tumors and all but the cancers which are more common and which are associated with all kind of social lifestyle they are uh, this oral cavity cancer oropharyngeal cancers and uh, laryngeal cancers uh, in western world this oral and oropharyngeal cancers are uh, associated more with uh, a virus known as human papilloma virus which in india more common with uh, uterine cervix cancer in females uh, but uh, in india basically oral or oropharyngeal cancers are not much associated with uh, a human papilloma virus but it is more associated with chewing tobacco right doctor and when we talk about uh, mandibular reconstruction and artificial tongue reconstruction for oral cancers how do we explain the procedures there uh again the same thing uh in oral cancer either the mandible or the tongue uh, the primary treatment is surgery and in the same in this also we lose the normal tissue uh, the patient uh, suppose the uh, more than one third of the tongue tissue is removed uh, because of the cancer in such cases we have to reconstruct the tongue uh, make the artificial tongue uh, we again use the autologous tissue only means the uh, tissue from the patient's own body so that the rejection rates are very less what we know take is uh, a skin part from this area what is called as forearm right uh, usually for any such tissue transfer plastic surgery procedures any such tissue transfers require blood supply for the survival of that tissue right so what we take is along with the skin the fat the fascia 
all those what is what we typically known uh, call it as uh, fasciocutaneous flap so that flap is a composite tissue transfer along with that we take the uh, blood vessels of that tissue and we connect what we call as anastomosis we anastomose the blood vessels with the neck blood vessels so that uh, it uh, takes the blood supply from the neck blood vessels and can survive and this is how and then we fold the tissue we take a oval or a rectangular shape uh, tissue from the forearm and then we fold the tissue to give the exact shape of the tongue when it comes to the mandible uh, it's a bone loss usually a patient having jaw tumors right or a buccal mucosa means cheek cancers reaching onto the mandible in such cases we have to excise the mandible we have to remove the mandible then the uh, patients look the appearance as well as the function in the form of chewing and speaking both are disturbed so so we have to reconstruct uh, the mandible in such cases uh, in our leg part the uh, part of lower limb which is below the knee we have two bones one is weight bearing bone which is known as tibia another is a non weight bearing bone is a small thin bone uh, which is known as fibula so we take the fibula graft a uh, segment of uh, the fibula bone which is required uh, the size is which is required in the mandible re reconstruction and along with that we take the muscle the fat the skin right so it is again osteo that is bone osteo myo that is muscle cutaneous means skin so it is again a complex a uh, composite tissue uh, which is taken to reconstruct because when we remove the mandible the overlying muscles uh, fat everything is also removed skin is not removed usually unless it is involved by the tumor but the skin which is taken for uh, a reconstruction along with the uh, fibula bone is used to make the inner lining of the mouth basically so this is what we call as free fibula composite tissue transfer or free fibula flap that is what we call as and that is the most common and most efficient way of in the previous days there were uh, uh, the what we call is iliac crest uh, uh, was taken the hip bone the superior margin of the hip bone was also taken but uh, it is not very consistent with the blood supply and uh, not very commonly used now the most common and most efficient is the uh, fibula osteocutaneous uh, tissue transfer is that right also doctor when it comes to you were talking about the mandibular reconstruction and artificial tongue reconstruction when it comes to endoscopic neck dissection how do we and or something called uh, minimal minimally invasive supra neck dissection right how do we uh, define that what exactly yeah. is that uh basically that is my own technique also known as uh, with the my name is dr raviraj shaknik only uh basically uh, in the cancer oral cancers where uh, the tumor is not that large the mandible is not supposed to be removed only the inner part of the cheek is removed where the reconstruction of that is local reconstruction uh, the excision of the primary tumor uh, uh, can happen intraorally means we open the mouth of the patient remove that small part of tumor and uh, that procedure is done in such early uh, head and neck oral cavity cancers uh, we have to address the lymph node in the neck that is what is what we call as neck dissection right uh, because that is the first station of spread of the oral cancer and we have to remove that so there are international guidelines on that so 
now the primary cancer say for example that cancer is in the tongue it is very small cancer say 1 to 1.5 cm for which reconstruction is not required but in that case also patient is having a scar on the neck because of the lymph node dissection right to avoid that scar i have in, uh, started doing this uh, with endoscopic approach uh, you probably must have heard about laparoscopic or robotic surgery in the abdominal cavity or the thoracic cavity yes, right sir, yes. the, that is yeah, that is ki uh, kind of the same procedure but used almost with the same instrument there are few instruments which are modified otherwise majority of the instruments are the same we put a small nick over the here and in under the collar collarbone in the midline and from that we uh, insert the instruments the instruments are 5 mm diameter so there are three small holes of 5 mm below the collar so cosmetically patient will not have any scar in the neck and we will achieve the same result which we have with the conventional open surgical technique so that is what we call is minimally invasive or uh, endoscopic neck dissection or we can call it dr raviraj neck dissection yes doctor you have pioneered that yes uh, which, which, is, which is why this discussion becomes very important as well um, coming to my next question uh, when we describe the upper gastrointestinal tract how do we use surgery as a method for treatment talking about upper gastrointestinal cancers upper gi many it is basically kind of gastrointestinal cancers are basically divided more into three broader groups one is colorectal cancer that is large intestine and the rectum uh, that is the bag for the stool right uh, so the colorectal cancers another are the group of what we call as hpb that is hepato biliary pancreatic cancers right hepato means liver pancreas is also important organ right so that is another variant and the third is the upper gi what we call as esophagogastric cancers right uh, in esophagogastric cancers the normally uh, the normal presentation is usually kind of dysphagia or uh, inability to swallow for the esophageal cancer kind of acidity or dyspepsia or some pain in the abdomen in the gastric cancers many a time gastric cancer may present with bleeding also patient may have uh, vomiting i mean blood in the vomitus or uh, dark colored stool or these are the presentation uh, surgery is again uh, minimally invasive as well as open surgery conventionally uh, the abdomen was open the the wall of the abdomen uh, was open uh, the stomach was reached and the involved portion of stomach was removed right that uh, procedure was done with open surgeries nowadays uh, this is what we call as gastrectomy either it is a partial gastrectomy or a total gastrectomy uh, and for the food pipe that is esophagus uh, what we do is the esophagectomy right uh, again these are done by the conventional open methods also also by the minimal access i mean nowadays minimal access techniques are there are two for the cavity surgeries uh, that is uh, laparoscopic surgery or the robotic surgery depending on the availability of the expertise and the infrastructure as well as the affordability of the patient because as you go ahead on the te technological part uh, the expenditure of the patient is increased so de depending on all of that uh, the method of surgery will be decided either it is open or laparoscopy or robotic right doctor right um coming to surgery as a whole when in what situation do we select surgery as a modality for treatment or when do we not 
in esophageal gastric cancer again surgery is a primary modality of treatment though it is given as a multimodality treatment it is hardly in very few cases surgery is the only treatment uh, say for example not very common in india but uh, stomach cancer gastric cancers are more common in japan for example they are having regular screening procedures you must have heard about mammography for breast cancer screening right similarly uh, means totally asymptomatic people are also having annual endoscopies done in japan and in that a very early gastric tumor or a very early esophageal, esophageal tumor is found in those cases the surgery is the only treatment otherwise majority of the time in india what we get is the patient in the stage 2 or 3 in such cases we usually have to have uh, the additional treatment to reduce the chances of recurrence of the tumor but surgery being the primary modality of the uh, treatment in esophagogastric cancers right doctor um if we take advanced cancer patients with advanced cancers what are the alternative and conventional medicines used to helping them uh alternative medicines i will probably skip with that because uh, i will discuss more on the allopathy side where i am more expert at there are few naturopathy there are few ayurvedic medicines homeopathic medicines there are few things like cryotherapy and all where in uh, we usually in allopathy go through a structured research and according to that research whatever is found conclusive we use that otherwise uh, i don't know the method of research in other medical sciences so i'll i'll skip the alternative therapies but in advanced cancer depending on again the type of cancer and the performance status of the patient usually in advanced cases where the curative treatment is not possible in such cases uh, what we do is we give palliative treatment palliation means support the life to, to try to extend the life whenever it is possible and to improve the quality of life so if the patient is fit enough see uh, to treat the cancer in an advanced stage usually the systemic therapy in the form of chemotherapy or immunotherapy or targeted therapy is given right but say for example chemotherapy is a toxic treatment if patient is not healthy enough if the performance status or the general fitness of the patient is not good in such cases we cannot give chemotherapy because uh, we don't know whether it will actually help the patient to improve or extend the life prolong the life but because of the side effect of the patient uh, of the chemotherapy the patient's quality of life is disturbed so we have to take a decision in a balanced manner how we can go ahead with say for example if the patient is having Uh, say for example uh, stage 4 breast cancer right in stage 4 breast cancer it is again an advanced cancer of terminal variety where uh, cure is not possible but there are number of options of treatment and even in the terminal stage the lifespan is reasonably good the average lifespan is around 2 to 2 to 2 and 1/2 years which is good enough so in such patients we go aggressive if patient is fit we give chemotherapy if possible uh, and if the biological markers of the tumor are favoring then we can give uh, additional therapy like targeted trastuzumab therapy or uh, the hormone therapy right so, uh, say for example patient is having uh, again i'll take the example of breast cancer only in which say for example patient is having uh, metastasis 
in the bones say uh, say spine or a hip bone or a weight bearing bone is having spread of cancer right. in such uh, cases there is a lot of pain to the patient so we have to palliate the patient in the form of pain killers also uh, many a times weight bearing bones are given palliative radiation to reduce the pain and to prevent the fracture of such bones right uh, then there are a number of what we call as pain ladder there are number of variety of pain killers wherein we can support the patient with whatever the life patient is having should be pain free right so we address two things either the quality of life or the prolongation of life wherever patient is fit and prolongation is of life is possible we always attempt that or we make the patient more comfortable till whatever the time patient's life is yes doctor um definitely when we speak more about the gastrointestinal cancers would you like to share after your intensive work and your experience would you like to share your conclusions of what you yeah. how you think a gastrointestinal cancers can be treated uh again your voice is breaking hello can you hear me now doctor how about doctor, now? yeah Yes. Um my question was when we talk about gastrointestinal cancers doctor uh with relevance to the intensive work you have done in gastrointestinal cancers I would like to know your conclusions on it on how to treat it. Uh gastrointestinal cancers as i told you uh, uh, esophagogastric cancers are also part of gastrointestinal tract only right other part is hpv cancer and the third part is the colorectal cancer the hpv that is hepatopancreatic biliary it's a common uh, there are different organs in that uh, particular group right liver the biliary tree gall bladder uh, pancreas right these are the common cancers uh, these are kind of little aggressive variety of cancers the outcomes are not good if not if the patient is not presenting in the right correct time uh, again uh, surgery is the primary treatment for all these cancers as well right and when the patient is in a little advanced stage say for example second or third stage in such cases we have to have uh, other systemic therapy in the form of chemo therapy or targeted therapy right doctor um again okay. yeah and in the colorectal cancer sorry uh, and in the colorectal cancers uh, again the surgery is uh, the answer surgery can be uh, all these gastrointestinal cancers primary treatment is surgery if it, if it is only stage 1 then only surgery is required otherwise in stage 2 and 3 usually uh, i'm just trying to make it generalized because uh, the staging of each and every organ cancer is different and yes doctor so and even the pathological parameters are also different so whenever the uh, pathology is not favoring a good prognosis in such cases we give additional uh, therapy like chemotherapy or targeted therapy right in rectal cancers even radiation is used esophageal cancer also radiation is used right in mobile organs usually we don't give radiation say for example large intestine of right side right where it is a mobile organ where radiation is not the right treatment because of that uh, particular organ uh, the tumor bed is not defined in such cases we don't give radiation but in rectal and esophageal cancer where the tumor bed is fixed wherein 
in advanced stage cancers we give uh, radiation as well along with the chemotherapy yes doctor i was trying to ask you as a whole as well i i did not think that you know there would be a difference in my question that, that way i wanted to know as gastrointestinal uh, cancers as a whole uh, i'm so sorry i am your voice is so much breaking i'm not able to make out yes doctor like i was saying uh, i just wanted to get to know about gastrointestinal cancers as a whole so when when we generalize uh, taking into consideration the different parameters and the staging it's hard to properly put down a proper modality but as a whole if we were to take gastrointestinal cancers what are the main things from a patient's perspective that we need to keep in mind uh from patient's perspective let us start from the presentation or how you can pick up the uh, how a person can pick up the cancer early right we'll start with that uh usually gastrointestinal cancers are silent diseases very few or very vague symptoms are there again the symptoms will be depending on which organ is involved right for say for example is esophagus is there right Uh, the usually presenting symptoms are the dysfunction inability to swallow the food right uh, at the same time uh, as i told you about the stomach cancer also the pain or kind of oh, gastritis what we call in normal language is the acidity right uh, vomiting or kind of nauseating sensation uh, these are the symptoms are different for all the cancers uh, uh, pancreatic cancer is usually the jaundice is a symptom so this you know the uh, white part of the sclera uh, of the eye what is what we known as sclera right so yellow is discoloration of sclera or the skin uh, that we call as jaundice so jaundice is usually the presentation uh, in rat colorectal cancers maybe the bleeding in the stool blood in the stool is the presentation but these are little say for example blood in the stool is a presentation of rectal cancer at the same time blood in stool is a, a presentation of one of the very common simple uh, thing like uh, piles hemorrhoids also right so these symptoms are not very specific about cancer right at the same time some general symptoms like uh, anorexia that is loss of appetite or loss of weight right uh, weakness general weakness uh, all these are few general symptoms or vague symptoms there are no specific symptoms about uh, gi that is gastrointestinal right so we go into the symptoms we were talking about more of symptoms doctor right okay you were saying yeah so uh, basically uh, what i mean to say is there is uh, no specific symptoms about gastrointestinal cancers there are very vague symptoms or many a times say for example acidity can be a simply acidity only or it can be a symptom of cancer also rectal means blood in the stool can be a symptom of simple hemorrhoids that is piles or it can be a symptom of cancer also so in such cases you, a person cannot make out whether but in such cases where you want to have kind of early pick of the of the cancer your index of suspicion should be high means as a normal person we believe to have a positive thinking so we also always think that i am not i'll i'll not be having a major disease like this in such cases people used to avoid the symptoms 
uh, I would suggest in medical uh, field, we usually follow something known as rule of 15. I would suggest as a doctor to all common people, right, who is not from medical ground, should wait for any symptoms not more than 15 days. The rule of 15 is wait for, say, for example, someone is having acidity, wait for 15 days with all your dietary modification, your lifestyle modifications and all. If you are able to come up with that, come out of that, fantastic. If you are not able to come out of that, go and approach a doctor. Again, many, most of the times what will happen if you approach your family physician or someone, he will give some antacids, some kind of medications, right? So again, wait for 15 days with, with the, those medications. If you are not improving or the symptoms are still persistent, in such cases, always lead the, even the doctor also to go ahead and get an endoscopy done. That is what I always advise my patients or anybody who is listening to this video also. What I would advise is not don't wait more than 15 days on one particular stage. So, so I was talking about rule of 15. So wait for 15 days uh, with your symptoms. Wait your 15, uh, for 15 days with your medications. If no improvement, then go ahead with endoscopy. The best investigation for... Uh, peak, early pickup of cancers of particularly upper and lower GI, that is esophagogastric and colorectal cancers, is the endoscopy. Get an endoscopy done and you will find if at all there is some abnormality. What will happen if uh, you do an unnecessary test? These are, say, for example, it turns out to be normal endoscopy. There is no cancer in that. You will lose few thousands of rupees, but at the same time, suppose. One in hundred. Suppose you miss out in early early cancers, right? The outcome in the terms of, uh, I mean, longevity of the life as well as the expenditure of the treatment, it will be more worse, right? So I would advise to oh, go ahead and uh, get the endoscopy done at, as early as possible if your symptoms are not improving, right? Uh, at the same time, for HPV cancer, that is the liver or the gallbladder or pancreatic cancer. Uh, it is not that easy to pick up uh, on the patient side, right? Many a times, many doctors themselves are also having such cancers. Say, for example, uh, I have been a student of Tata Memorial Hospital, one of the, I mean, the best institute of cancer in India, right? And one of our director, I cannot name the person, but one of our director of the hospital itself, she, she herself was having terminal stage cancer of gallbladder and, and diagnosed for the first time in the terminal stage only. So for a common man, it is not very easy. But nowadays, uh, the, if some, everybody is affording, uh, the annual checkups should be done. There are a few annual blood tests as well as annual sonography, x-rays, all those. Uh, there are almost all major hospitals in, across the country in major cities are having uh, this kind of cancer uh, screening packages. Go ahead with that. Uh, and get the th get yourself screened that should be the ideal thing there are few blood parameters also which are raised in case of cancer say for example in liver cancer there is something known as afp alpha fetoprotein that is a kind of yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, for example in liver cancer there is something known as afp that is alpha fetoprotein that is a kind of blood parameter so it is simple blood test like blood sugar only right and you will uh, suppose the uh, that afp values are high you will be able to make out there is something wrong with your liver and the chances of cancer are very high 
is something known as CA199, CEA. The, then for uh, this thing, prostate cancer, there is known as PSA. That is more commonly known. I mean, the common population also, people are knowing about PSA, but not about this gastrointestinal tumor markers. So all these markers are available. You can get uh, those testing done. A sonography an easy, is an easy non-invasive procedure should be done at least once in a year so that any such abnormalities are picked up, if at all, there. That is the only way to pick up it early. Otherwise, they are very silent diseases. Uh, by the time they develop symptoms, uh, usually cancer is in an advanced stage. Right, doctor, which actually goes into my last question. And it is very similar to what you were answering right now, doctor. The importance of early detection and self-examination, doctor. How important? How yes, important? That is very important. Yeah, that is very important. And the thing is, uh, uh, yeah, we humans are fortunate that these silent diseases, these aggressive cancers like HPV cancers and all, they are not very common. Right? Most of the common cancers in India are, as we told, in males, oral cancers are more common. Prostate cancers are common. Uh, in females, the uterus, uterus is having two parts, uterine body and cervix. The cervix is more common. Breast. The most common cancer in females are breast cancer. Second is uterine cervix cancer. Uh, so in such uh, cancers, there are a number of screening procedures which are uh, advised and routinely done. Right? I'll uh, enumerate one by one. And for aggressive cancers, as I told you, be watchful on your body and the symptoms and follow the rule of 15. Get right. annual checkups done. Uh, yeah. About the breast, I'll come to uh, the common cancers one by one. About the breast cancer, almost everybody who is educated enough are about, I mean, aware about this is uh, mammography. That is something known as mammography. is a kind of X-ray, the combination of X-ray and sonography of the breast, right? Uh, usually, it is advised annually after 40 years of age of the females, right? Uh, it should be done annually to pick up the preclinical breast cancer. Say, for example, uh, uh, alert lady will be able to make out a lump or a nodule in her breast on her own also, right? But by the time the tumor can be felt, what we call is palpated, is almost around 2 to 2.5 centimeter nodule will be felt. Lesser than that may not be even, I, I mean, a person may not be able to feel her. That we call is preclinical, means before the patient or the doctor makes out. Uh, before that, we can pick up the cancers uh, on mammography. So mammography is a very useful investigation for screening of a very early stage of breast cancers. It should be done after the age of 40 years, every year for every lady, right? Uh, for ladies who are having familial breast cancers, right? Some family history of breast cancer, her first degree sister or her mother is having uh, breast cancer. In such cases, the uh, onset of screening should be uh, pre-poned. Uh, we usually recommend at the age of 30 years. After 30 years of age, uh, the lady should be started having annual mammography. For uterine cervix cancer, there is something known as pap test or pap smear. That is also non-invasive test. I mean, patient does not have to go through any cuts or something. It is very simple OPD procedure. Uh, Will patient will go, person will go to the consulting of some of the doctor, either an oncologist or even a gynecologist also uh, can do this procedure. 
right? It's an OPD process. It it I mean hardly ten or fifteen minutes is taken for for the patient, and that test also uh, we usually take up scraping from the cervix and. Uh, in a liquid form, we send it to the laboratory for testing if at all the cells of cervix are having any abnormal cancer sense or not. Right? Uh, about the oral cancer, that is the most, though it is very common, that is the most easiest thing a person can do the screening on his own, his own also. Right? Examine your oral cavity every day yourself. Self breast examination is also advised, but in a bulky, dense breast, a nodule of one centimeter is very difficult to be felt. But in, in, in the oral cavity, even half a centimeter lesion will be, you will be able to make out. Every day while brushing your teeth, open your mouth in all the uh, sides, like about your lips, uh, uh, go to the, your buccal mucosa, what is the inner part of cheek, right? All this tongue, lift your tongue and see the tongue, the surface of the tongue, the palate, all those parts, you should examine yourself in the mirror every day. If any ulceration or any abnormality, any redness or any red or white patch or anything is there, you just approach the doctor. It is very simple thing. Self-examination of oral cavity is a very simple thing. If you find anything, what uh, and another thing is usually the oral cancers are presenting are in men, majority of the times are having some precancerous symptoms like red patch or the red patch is known as erythroplakia the white patch is known as leukoplakia uh, there is one more condition something known as smf that is always oral submucous fibrosis uh, the able to open the mouth completely right these are uh, early changes in the uh, of the oral cavity if someone finds the, such change, go and the doctor will rightly give the medications whenever possible. Or if right, so for oral cancer, the simplest thing is go for a, a daily clinic checkup, and uh, if at all you find something abnormal, go to prostate cancer. Another common cancer in males. Simplest test is a blood test. What is what we call PSA, prostate-specific antigen. That is a kind of blood test, very simple blood test like sugar, right? Go through that uh, advice after 50 years of age in all the males. Uh, blood test once in a year should be a PSA blood test. In a year, and that is a good screening option. These are very, because these cancers are potentially curable cancers. If the cancers picked up in the early stage, right? In cases, the outcome of the patient, uh, cancer is very good. Say for a breast cancer, in these procedures are very important because these are potentially curable cancers. Say for example, breast cancer picked up in first stage, in early stage breast cancer, stage one breast cancer, the chances of survival upwards of ninety percent. Whereas, let us say stage three, the chances of survival are around 60%. So this is a big difference among uh, on the survival. At the same, uh, about the consequences and the, uh, that is the appearance and the uh, functional outcome, right? All those are also very much uh, compromised if patient is coming with a advanced stage of breast cancer. At the same time, 
uh, even the expenditure is more. Say, for example, uh, somebody is having a cancer in tongue. What he or she will have to undergo is a small surgery where that one centimeter lesion is removed along with the safety margin of 0.5 to 1 centimeter and the neck dissection. That's all, right? And suppose we go with Dr. Aviraj setting, there is no scarring, there is no functional disturbance or the appearance of the patient face. At the end, the costing is less. Now, suppose uh, that patient is coming up, coming with four centimeter lesion in the tongue, right? That patient's almost half of the tongue will have to be removed. And uh, either the if patient is not affording, then the patient will have to survive with half of the tongue uh, only. Or if patient is affording, patient will have to spend a lot to re have the plastic surgery reconstruction. So almost every part of life, the length of the life, the quality of life, and the your uh, finances, everything is compromised if you don't pick up in the right time. So I will advise uh, everybody to go ahead with the screening procedures of cancers uh, every year once you reach that age. Right, doctor. Hello? Yeah. Yes, right. Very rightly put there, doctor. Early detection and self-examination cannot be stressed on even more. Like the importance of it, you have very, very well described for us here today. Thank you so much, Ravi Raj, doctor. Doctor, it has been such a great honor to be talking to you. It has been such an honor and understanding everything that you were just saying, your knowledge and your insights on it. I'm pretty sure a lot of our viewers are definitely going to benefit from it. It was a wonderful session. Thank you so much, doctor. And thank you for taking the time and bearing with us in the technical issues as well. In fact, thank you for giving me the opportunity to reach out to the people. Thank you. Thank you so much, doctor. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Have a great day ahead. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah.